something really weird is going to happen in the months ahead. And I want to take a few minutes to talk about it. Um, we're going to turn 10. Canada Land, the company, is going to be 10 years old this October. And that is so weird. It is odd. It is uncommon. It, it is not supposed to happen. That is to say, an independent Canadian media company is not supposed to last for 10 years, let alone a news company. Over these last 10 years, for a news company to not only last 10 years, but for it to be thriving, it's just not supposed to happen. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. So many have tried to do this and it hasn't worked out. The odds are so stacked against this happening. And it's not just indies. You might say, okay, and a lot of businesses that people try to bootstrap fail. Big international conglomerates have opened up bureaus in Canada. Huffington Post Canada, BuzzFeed Canada, Vice Canada, and pumped tens of millions of dollars. They're gone. They're gone. We're not supposed to still be here. We're not supposed to exist anymore. So yeah, it's weird. I think it's amazing. And I want to talk about it. I want to talk about how we did it because I realized that when I talk to the listeners of this podcast, I always imagine I'm talking to the same people that I've been talking to for 10 years. But a lot of you joined more recently than that. And to those of you who were here from the beginning. Oh my God, thank you. And uh, apologies if you've heard this one before. But I take for granted that people know the origins of this, why it exists, how it came to be. And before I talk about anything else, and there's there's so much in this coming 10th year anniversary and like the 10th year itself, we have so much to announce. There are new people involved. There are new projects and shows. There's new initiatives across the country. And we're going to enjoy the process of rolling them out. But for now, yeah, let me just back up and give like a concise history. I started Canada Land kind of the way that anybody starts a podcast, like, like, you know, Jim's podcast or that somebody, I don't know, these days might like start a TikTok account or an Instagram page. Like it was not supposed to be a business. It was not supposed to be a company where I employed other people. It wasn't even really supposed to be news. The original concept was I had been freelancing really in, in media for like 15 years and I'd been covering tech and various things like that. And, you know, I had enough exposure to the Canadian media to really see a lot of things that were wrong with it. Everything from like a plagiarizing columnist who was tolerated and even celebrated at the Globe and Mail to all of these whispers and, and, and what I knew to be true about uh, a CBC radio host named Jean Gameshi. There were a lot of motivating factors, inequities in the workplace and racism in the workplace and just, I don't know, what it meant to try to make media in Canada that no one ever talked about outside of like bars uh, after work where you would, you know, talk quietly with colleagues because you couldn't afford to speak up. And I, I was aware that that wasn't true anymore in this States. There were things like Gawker, where bratty media kids were actually talking about what was going on. But then there was like smart, you know, kind of highbrow media criticism from, oh, the late, great David Carr at the New York Times and on the media. And then there was just funny stuff like the Daily Show at the time where they were making fun of cable news. And I, I wanted something like that in Canada. Nobody would buy this idea. I couldn't sell this idea. And I couldn't stop thinking about the idea and I didn't buy the excuses, the reasons I was given, you know, Canadians don't care enough about Canadian media for us to have stuff like that here. That didn't seem right to me. I thought it had more to do maybe with the fact that we're really uneasy talking about 
our own industry. You know, we're really interconnected. It's really incestuous. A lot of people who work at CBC are married to the people who work at the Globe and Mail, and there aren't a lot of companies, so you don't want to piss off the other company because you might need a job from them. And there's so many reasons why I felt like there was, you know, a reluctance to actually just speak the truth about the industry. So the original concept for Canada Land was just me and another media person, a different one each week, talking shit. And that's all I really dreamed of. But really quickly, it became clear to me that the world wanted something more than that, that Canadian media wanted something more than that. People started bringing me stories like, okay, if you're going to talk real talk about the media, how about this? How about the fact that Rex Murphy is paid by the oil sands, tens of thousands of dollars to give speeches, and then he goes on the air and extols the virtues of the oil sands and does not disclose that. And then later after reporting that, how about the fact that Peter Mansbridge also takes huge checks from the oil sands while covering the oil sands on the CBC? What are you going to do with that? Are you going to break that news or are you going to become part of the problem where you just like know these things but don't speak up? I had not been an investigative reporter at the time, but I took this stuff on. I tried to rise to the occasion and verify these things, and they turned out to be true, and I reported them, and I discovered that I really like investigative reporting. You know, immediately the CBC changed their policies around this. You don't see CBC hosts giving these speeches anymore. It's not allowed. And that led to other stuff. That led to me learning kind of randomly that everything I knew about Gian Gameshi was just the tip of the iceberg. And eventually I would learn that over two dozen women in his private life accused him of sexual misconduct up to very serious non-consensual violence. And that story, which I reported in collaboration with the Toronto Star and then continued to report here at Canada Land, I mean, that story came out years before the Me Too movement, and that story would lead to changes in federal criminal law around sexual assault and how sexual assault trials are conducted. By then, it was very clear to me that Canada Land was going to be much more than I ever imagined it would be. I mean, this was an uncommon experience in my career. You know, people have all kinds of hopes and dreams for themselves when they start out. You kind of get used to reality being less than everything you hoped and dreamed. Here was something that I started just to be a talk show interview podcast that was becoming so much more. And the question to me was, you know, could I rise to the occasion here? Uh, how far could I take this? I was being asked to do things, I think, really good things that needed to be done. Increasingly, people said, are you just going to complain about the Canadian media or are you going to try to, like, build something better? Are you going to try to fill some of those gaps? Increasingly, I found myself working with incredible people who were driven by the same principles that I was to, to uncover things that needed to be uncovered and to talk about things that were uncomfortable for people to talk about. And I've gotten ahead of myself before. I can't take credit for any of these people's success. These are incredible people who would have succeeded with or without Canada Land. But I do take some pride in the fact that for a lot of them, this was the first place that believed in them and funded them to do investigations and funded them to get on the air and introduce them to people. I mean, that's a huge part of what this became was a place where so many young journalists got opportunities. And it just got deeper and deeper into areas that I never dreamed it would. Thunder Bay, this collaboration with Ryan McMahon, this story that we told in that town that led to radical reform. There are a lot of other stories I could talk about that if you are new to the show, you may not know we had a hand in. Uh, the We Charity scandal, 
which was front page news day after day after day, which challenged the Trudeau government, which ultimately brought down the finance minister. Uh, that is something that people needed to know about. And that was the result of years of investigation from this newsroom, from my colleague, Jaron Kerr at the time, from myself and others here. And there were other scandals and investigations, which mean a lot to the people in those regional communities. In New Brunswick, my former colleague, Sean Craig, uncovered a relationship between the newspapers, the Irving newspapers, and local government, which should not have been happening. With my colleague Cherise Sucherin, we did a story called Ratfucker about a plot to take down the mayor of Calgary. If you live in these places, we are telling you things you would not have known otherwise. Everything that Commons has dug into and all the stories they've told and the things that they've reported on, everything that Jonathan Goldsby has done with Allison over at Wag the Dug, including revelations. I mean, you know, it's just the kind of stuff that would otherwise go unexposed in Canada. Like, should everyone know that Doug Ford's press secretary literally is in bed with a Toronto Sun reporter and columnist who covers Doug Ford all the time. And by literally in bed, I mean they lived together and everyone knew it, but no one would report on it. I mean, we think that people should know about that kind of stuff. A lot of people who listen to Canada Land to find out what's happening this week in the news via shortcuts or to hear an interesting story on the Monday show that we put out might not know how much investigative work we've done here, how much Canada Land has contributed as a newsroom. But that's the first stuff that I want to talk about when I talk about the last 10 years. The point of me telling you all of this is to describe something that, again, is is weird, is uncommon, because all we hear elsewhere is that news doesn't work. The news business is broken. This news organization works, and it is examined and discussed around the world how we are making this work. And it's as big a surprise to me as it is to anyone, and the reason for it is because of you. And that is just the plain truth of it. If you are new to Canada Land and you hear me saying, please become a member at the end of the show, what you might not know is that we do that a little bit differently than other places. And it's become common for places to say anything from a YouTube video to a podcast, like everybody's asking for money. Well, we did it first. I was asking for money nine years ago. To give money to a digital creator was a new concept. But because people actually did it, we were able to build a media company that operates on completely different incentives than everybody else. Canada is much, much smaller than the States. And a show like Canada Land, it's not going to be internationally famous. Like, what can you do with a smaller audience like that? It's not going to work with advertising. It has to be funded by its audience, or it's just not going to work, especially if you want to do original reporting. The shocking thing that happened is that a lot of people said, okay, and that has big implications beyond just the fact that we have cash to keep the lights on. It means that we don't have to care about reaching viral scale. Like there is no point in us doing clickbait. What I've learned through the years is that the only thing that dependably gets us more supporters is great content. That's it. Every time we've had a really great story, our supporter levels have gone up. And people, that is what they call aligned incentives. That's how it's supposed to be. We don't just have a viable newsroom, a sustainable newsroom. We have a newsroom where our business interests and our editorial interests are the same interests. The better our reporting is, the better our podcasts are, the more money we make, the more people we can hire, the more journalism we can do. It's a virtuous cycle. It's the best system for funding journalism that I can dream of. And I promise you, I landed in it ass backwards, flailing haphazardly and shambolically. But here I am still trying to be equal to the amazing opportunity in front of me because we're asking ourselves once again, where can we take this and where does our audience want and need us to take this?
The money is just necessary, but it really is just one part of it. So many of the stories that we've ended up breaking came to us from a tip from one of our supporters or listeners. We are kept honest by the people who support us. This is a people-powered newsroom. And now that you know how it works, I want to ask you to become one of those people. Right now, and not for very long, we are making the champion level subscription, and that's our highest monthly tier for our supporters. It's usually $15 a month. Right now, we are making it available for $10 a month in celebration and anticipation of our coming 10th birthday. We have a limited edition bit of merchandise to give to the first 100 people who sign up for that. Come check it out on our website. Our team always comes up with the most beautiful and stylish swag for our supporters. Listen, those of you who are actually going to do this thing I'm talking about and go to canadaland.com slash join or click the link in the show notes, if you're actually going to do that and become a supporter, I want you to know what you're getting into. And what you're getting into is something really weird, really unique, really uncommon, and I think really special. There is so much talk about the broken business model for news, about how our democracy is failing and so on and so forth. And no one is offering you solutions. There have been efforts to go to Google and Facebook looking for solutions, going to government looking for solutions. But how about actually asking Canadian people, do you want to help solve this? No one has offered a credible path, something that actually works, that has proven to work, and that has gotten better each year it's been around. That's why you're going to do it, those of you who are going to do it. It's a different kind of decision than subscribing to Disney+. Plus. This is not about being a consumer. This is about getting involved. You're doing something positive to keep credible news information out there for everybody. We are imperfect. We do this work recognizing the biases that we bring into it. But we are journalists. We subscribe to a process and to principles. Accuracy and honesty are the gold standards here. I want you to become a part of it. Join us. We have so many perks and exclusives and tickets and events, and we want to shower you with this stuff. We want to make you feel so good about supporting us. But support us because what we do here is needed. Thank you.